Welcome to the Doctor Patient Forum, a no holds barred patient advocacy podcast discussing why millions of pain patients continue to suffer, but most importantly, who caused the suffering. Join us weekly as we discuss how you can help end the untreated pain crisis. So oftentimes when people contact us at the doctor-patient forum, their first question is, why did you get involved in this space? And if you folks don't know, Bev and I uh, have lived with Crohn's disease for many, many years. And right around 2017, I went on social media because I started to see that people were unable to access pain medication because of the CDC guidelines. So I went on social media and I offered to organize a national protest in all 50 states. At that time, Bev, you were one of the original members. Remember that? Yeah. I mean, it seems yep. like it seems like years ago. And yep. we started with three members. And today, well, we've exceeded 25,000 members. And there's chapters in all 50 states. That's why we asked you folks to join your Facebook state page. Because right. legislative has been born out of Don't Punish Pain. That was our original name, and it's now the doctor-patient form. So from organizing protests, my advocacy would lead me to working on legislation, getting involved in legislation. And I didn't know jack shit what I was doing when I first started. But here I am today, and believe it or not, I feel my most comfortable in the state house. You know, Bev, we, we've grown so much from the rallies to... working on legislation, but our work has just begun as the nonprofit, which is what you folks, if you're listening to us, which is now known as the Doctor Patient Forum. So DPF is our nonprofit, and you're listening to this podcast, the Doctor Patient Forum podcast, and it's just one of our many efforts in bringing awareness to the untreated pain crisis. So where do we go from here is usually the next question after people learn who we are. Bev, why don't you discuss a little bit about what our five-year plan is and why that plan is necessary to effect change on a federal level? We started with rallies and we kind of, you were advocating for patients one-on-one. You started doing that many years ago. And, you know, it was kind of a bit of everything, some just coaching people and a, a lot of different things you did. And then you got into legislation. Like you said, you opened this nonprofit. And now we have to really kind of think of the bigger picture of what can we actually do to affect change? What can we do? And you said you feel at home in the state house, which is amazing because I don't. That's like my least favorite thing in the entire world. And I feel at home reading, writing, studying, networking, trying to figure out how to do this from behind the scenes, which is kind of why we work so well. We just started our grant application process. And let me tell you, it was a lot more confusing than I thought it would be. Remember, Claudia, you're like, yeah, if anyone can figure it out, it's you. And I'd be like, I don't even understand what I'm reading. It's definitely a complicated process, but we are submitting our first application for funding. And we're looking at the five-year plan, which would be to hopefully have a program to help patients find continuity of care. And that means all of these patients who are abandoned and who are being cut off their medication, hopefully we can develop something to help these people find a doctor. Because right now, it's almost impossible, isn't it, Claudia, to find a doctor for a patient right now? Yeah, I, I can't find people doctors anymore. And, and I mean, I don't think anybody has a better grasp on doctors in the country than we do. 
No, it's hard. They're scared. And that's, you know, we learned, what would you say about two years ago, that started being the main thing people tell us they're just losing their doctor, whether it's for law enforcement, whether it's a doctor retiring, because they don't want to deal with a red tape, if they die, if they move, if a patient moves, whatever the reason is, patients are losing their doctors. It's almost impossible to find another doctor. And like we always say, it's not just about finding another doctor to prescribe. It's finding another doctor at all. It's almost impossible. And so, you know, we're trying to figure out what we can do to bring awareness to this issue of abandoned patients. It seems like medical boards, departments of health, medical societies, people don't know that this is happening, which seems odd because we talk about it all the time. But really, I don't think a lot of people understand how many patients are without doctors, people who had been stable. And I do want to mention this one thing. Anytime we talk about this abandoned patients or, or whatever, however we say it, people will always say, well, patients on, on opioids should try other things, but that's not even what we're talking about. There's a group of patients, whether they should or shouldn't have been on opioids, they are, a lot of them are stable, doing very well, and they're destabilized, they're cut off their medication. And so that the, the question shouldn't be, oh, now that they're on it, how do we get them off? The question is, how do we keep them on it considering they're stable? And we have 14 studies now showing that it's oh, it's yeah. not good to cut them off. And so that's where we're going. But here's the thing, right, Claudia, for the past five years, plus six years, whatever, we've had patients, clients, patients, whatever, friends, colleagues contact us on every social media platform. We've had them email us, they call us, they text us. It's everywhere. Everything is everywhere. And so now that we're growing, we need, that's one of the things in our, in, in our, like the next step, we have to get some, some kind of client relation management software so we can right. better keep right. track of, and, of and, people. And once we have, you know, to be an effective nonprofit, we need to have proper tools, like the proper software, but more importantly, we have to build a bank of compassionate doctors to maintain these patients to get these people continuity of care, to maintain them so it's sustainable. And when I use the word sustainable, it's so the DEA doesn't terrorize them. And that's where attorney Ron Chapman comes into this. Yeah, We have to pay for doctor's compliance. And that's also part of the five-year plan. So when I call Mike Staples, Mike, I have a doctor in Rhode Island. I'm sending them over five patients that are on 300 MME, they've been stable on this, I need to know that that doctor is safe while prescribing these people. Now in Rhode Island, they have legislation, but it would behoove them to have a compliance plan because feds will always trump the state. And and that's also part of the five-year plan. Okay, building a bank of compassionate doctors. And listen, if there's nonprofits out there who are saying, oh, they can, they can find me a doctor, they're lying. Because they can't, they can't, I'm just about every doctor who's involved with what's going on with pain patients. I'm sure I've had at least one conversation. And you know, Bev, we've earned the respect of lawmakers and lobbyists and legislators. We've earned the respect of PhDs and MDs and NPs. So the doctor patient forum, we know what we're doing. Yeah, we can't execute anything without money. So folks, if you're listening to this, we need you to donate. And yeah. Bev, you know, before the, the podcast has been your baby before you were uploading a podcast what? every week. And I would laugh because I was like, Bev, what are you doing? And you're like, no, and you were editing and editing. Yeah. Yeah. It's too much work for you to do everything. So in a perfect world, we would be able to hire somebody where we could yeah. have a studio and run everything. And that could give you more time to dedicate to research. 
Yeah, I mean, what we've done for the last five or six years was a lot of figuring out why this is happening, figuring out exactly who the players are, how it came to be, the reason it turned into this, which we have podcast episodes on that, and how the heck to get us out of it. And part of what we've done, in addition to reading and writing and researching, has been networking, like you mentioned. And we've spent years networking with really connecting with health policy lawyers and doctors, palliative care doctors, and people on medical societies and state medical boards. And, you know, I do feel like we're starting to connect with some of the opioid policy people who are asking us finally to have a seat at the table. And so I do think we're in a good place where we're finally getting people to understand all of these decisions they're making about opioids that are supposed to be protecting people from addiction, which aren't, but they're hurting patients at such a large rate and no one's doing anything about it. And so we're trying to build a program where we're going to be hopefully educating medical societies and medical boards. And we've already been asked to speak at a couple of these places. And hopefully that's going to take place in the next few years. But like Claudia said, we need software. We need, you know, hopefully to get a hotline. I mean, we We've been doing all of this from our home, like Claudia always says, on a card table. I'm sitting in my bedroom in a little nook on like a kitchen chair because we've been <laughs> doing this piecemeal at home. And right, so- and, and I made, listen, I go live on these social media platforms, and I said, Bev and I were so frugal that we yeah. both ordered the same lamp that was 1999 <laughs> because. I don't want to take money out of the nonprofit. You know, for years, I foot the bill and that shit's done. I can't foot the bill anymore. So this is the time. So we're asking you folks, there's 25,000 members on one Facebook page. Donate a dollar. That $25,000 can go so soft on TikTok, LinkedIn, all the doctors that we have helped donate donate just a little bit yeah just a little bit we're not asking for a lot of money we're asking everybody to donate a little bit of money because you're not going to find any more bev and claudia's that can do what we can do and i I promise you we have we give this our all there is never even when i'm sick in bed i'm still responding to messages responding to emails trying to read new studies, trying to read new articles, because both of us have been obsessed with trying to fix this. And, you know, I do think we've got, we've, we've made some progress. It hasn't affected patient care yet, but you know, a few years ago, Claudia, we were talking about NARC's care and people were laughing at us saying, oh, that's ridiculous. Nobody cares. And a few years ago, I was talking about patient abandonment and the same thing. People were like, oh, you're just being dramatic. That's not really happening. And finally, other people are talking about it to the to the point where eventually our government's going to know it has to do something about it. And that's our goal. We hope to have a hotline eventually where patients who are abandoned can contact these doctors Claudia talked about with a compliance plan in place. Hopefully the big plan is to keep people from dying. Another plan that you just took the first step in Rhode Island is we're going to have in-person support groups in every state. And passing out harm reduction supplies, although my library, they're not, they're not keen about it. And people like the Zooms. I don't like the Zooms, people. You need to start no, need doing in things in person. Yeah. And this was Bev's idea. Let's start, let's start passing out harm reduction supplies at these support groups because pain patients are dying. Pain patients are finding yeah. their ways and they're not street savvy people. So that's right. also in the five-year plan. But shit, I would like a printer that just prints out color printer. Color oh my printer, goodness. Right? I know we need a phone. We need an office line. We need, you know, there's just different things that we need and, and hopefully we're going to be able to do it. We're, we're to the place now where we have to take that next step. And that's, that's where we are right now. We do not at this point 
We do not want to take money from pharma now um, because we know right away that we'll have them discount who we are. And, but one thing that I promise you is we will always give it our all. And just try to remember, like we both have Crohn's disease. We, we both take methotrexate and a biologic and I just had COVID. And so sometimes it might take a little bit to get back to you, but I promise you, I will get back to you. We're hoping to, fi- to do what we can to fix it. I do want to manage your expectations. It is very difficult to find doctors for patients, like we said before. If there is another organization who is claiming they can, go for it and ask them. But just be be careful because it's very difficult. And don't and, share your personal no, information gosh, or so your well. medical record no, with no. anybody. These are not your friends that you folks no. are meeting on social media. So So donate. Like we said, we don't want a lot of your money. We want a little bit of your money from a lot of our people. Send a dollar a month. If every single person on our Facebook group could send $1 per month, we'd be set. That's all we would need. Some of the longer term plans, I do a lot of collaboration with Dr. Nabarun Desgupta. He's in North Carolina. He works, um, he does UNCs and epidemiologists. He's the one who did that huge MME study showing basically it was a bunch of shit. And so we sat down and I showed him, we have this survey. If you have been abandoned, if you've lost your doctor, fill out this survey. I'll put it in the show notes on this episode because we want to hear from people. No one is collecting that information. No one's recording it. So we decided to, and we sat down down in a coffee house and and sketched out a possible study that we could do based on this information. And so there are a lot of things in the works behind the scenes that that we really are hoping to do the right way, like to to actually take the steps that are needed to effect change. But we are just two people. And Claudia, I have to start putting boundaries because I will sit and work 18 hours a day if I don't. Like I've got to trying after dinner to not answer any more emails and stuff so I could spend time with my family and put some distance. But it's hard because people are desperate and I understand it. And well, and that's also why so many patient advocates have got burnt out. I've seen I've seen probably thousands since I started come and go. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard not to get discouraged. Uh, I don't get discouraged because I'm cold and I have nothing. <laughs> so there's nobody better to represent the cause than me because I am a cold fish and I'm unfazed by nothing in life. I just need 10 hours of sleep every night and I need to train every day at the gym and I'm fine. Yeah. So, okay, folks, we thank you for your donations. You keep fighting and we'll do the same. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you haven't seen our website, please check it out at www.thedoctorpatientforum.com. We have a lot of excellent resources for you there. We also have listed all of our podcasts. You can watch them right on the website if you want to, or listen to them right on the website. You can also go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts to listen to them. We are in the process of updating the website. We are keeping all our content, but we are uh, giving it sort of a facelift. I keep telling Claudia it needs to look less like a kindergarten project and more like a professional website. Take advantage of the tools. If you have any questions, please reach out to me at Bev at the doctorpatientforum.com or Claudia at the doctorpatientforum.com. We have some amazing things in the works for you that I think you guys will really enjoy. One thing that I'm so excited to do, I actually can't wait as soon as I figure out how to do it properly, but we're going to do some reaction videos. I'm going to do it with my research partner in crime, Carrie Judy. She and I text each other all day long, every day with new webinars and podcasts 
podcasts and articles. And she and I are both pretty obsessed with reading this stuff so we can get the information to you and explain it to you. And of course, you know, it's enraging. So it's good to have a partner in crime where I could text her stuff and be like, can you believe they said that? And uh, she understands exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm planning on doing a couple of reaction videos with her, some things that we're hoping to break down in addition to different webinars and presentations are dope sick. We're gonna go through the dope sick lies, the dope sick cult followers, and dope sick propaganda. There's also some, some new OxyContin documentaries coming out because that's just what our country needs is more books and documentaries on Purdue and OxyContin. But you know, why not? If they can make money on it, I guess they're just gonna pick the carcass until they're done and, and, and can't beat this dead horse anymore about Purdue and OxyContin. But we're gonna break it down for you. You're gonna hear like line by line, those things that we think are ridiculous that are propaganda. So we do hope you enjoy that. We also are, are hoping to have some fun on these video podcasts, like maybe a little parody, a little mock interviews with some of these people that we know so well. If there's anything that we could do for you, please reach out to me or Claudia. And if you have any ideas, any suggestions, anything you would like to hear, an episode, a podcast episode, or content on the website, I would love to hear you from you. It is always super uncomfortable for Claudia or me to ask for donations. I've always avoided the whole topic, but as we said in this podcast, things cost money. We've done just about everything we can do, giving you all the resources and tools for free, really to take that next step and be able to go speak to government agencies and, and places people have already asked us to speak and we've had to say no because we can't afford to go or, you know, sending out newsletters or software, all of these things that we need to do to really take the next step in affecting change. We need funding. While we're waiting for grants, just a, a small donation, like we said in this episode, if everybody gave us $1 a month that uses our resources and listens to our podcasts and people we've coached or helped, everyone can give us $1 per month. We would be good to go. We would have enough funding. And so we do realize that a lot of people cannot afford that, that that's a lot of money for a lot of people and no problem at all. Thank you once again for listening to our podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, please follow us on Spotify, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and share with anyone that you think might benefit from this information. If you have any comments that you would like to leave us about this episode, as always, please reach out to us at bev at the doctorpatientforum.com or Claudia at the doctorpatientforum.com. We look forward to bringing you the next episode of the Doctor Patient Forum podcast. Just a quick disclaimer that what you hear in our podcast is not to be considered medical or legal advice. We will always provide links in the show notes to give evidence for what we are saying.